Let us take our Bibles and um, as I was saying, we are, I'm ending this series about uh, uh, money and money is always a difficult subject for any preacher, especially when you are preaching in your own church. It's uh, like uh, people are like, oh, it's the pastor after my cash or something like that. So it's always a tough top, uh, topic to preach in your own church. It's good to go and preach in another person's church because then you have nothing to do after that. You just leave and uh, the insult stays behind you. But anyway, no insults today. Amen? Only blessings. But before I go into that, actually, I, as I was praying... Uh, for the last couple of days for this, uh, I got a little bit nervous about what God was putting upon my heart and how I'm going to uh, make it work in 30 minutes. Uh, and I'm even making it even worse uh, even uh, by even not going straight to it and getting to this introduction I'm about to give. So it's, uh, I'm going to give you like sound bites, like some uh, nuggets that hopefully will help you. But I really felt very strongly to tell uh, a couple of people who are in this room or who will be listening to this afterwards that when you go to a service and that a topic is given, that it looks like uh, you already do that. Because for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about giving. And some of us will say like, oh, I already gave. Uh, especially the couple past uh, the past couple of weeks was about tithing. So if you tithe, you wonder, what am I getting into this service in the first place? So the Lord spoke to me to let each and every one of us know that whenever we come together, whether the topic that is being preached, you think you have heard it before, it is uh, uh, paramount for you to be in a place of expectancy. And uh, opening up to receiving uh, the engrafted word of God. Because what the Lord spoke to me about is that uh, whenever we meet, there is an anointing, there is an, a, a grace that is released. And when the word of God is being preached, there are three different attitudes that I believe uh, we need to develop or knowledge that we need to have. First and foremost, we need to know that the word of God that is being preached it is like an information. Are you with me? You are being informed about something. You are being taught so about something. You may think you know the thing, but it is important for you to open up because the preaching is not only about what you hear. And the Lord was telling me, actually, I had a time of fasting and prayer specifically, and I felt the Lord say to me that uh, whenever we gather whenever I have a personal time of prayer or any of us have this kind of experiences, we should be open up for the supernatural manifestation of his spirit. So when I stand here and maybe I will speak some few things that you know about, don't just, uh, I, I mean, some of you who are already titles because I'll be talking about becoming an extravagant giver, who, those of us who are already givers will say, okay, I better switch off and wait for the end of the service. But when you switch off, let me tell you, you are missing out a big time. Because it's not all about the information. 
It is about what is behind the words. And I have come to understand that sometimes when you come to service, sometimes as a preacher, after service, some people will come to me and say, oh, pastor, I was so blessed when you said so, so, and so. And I'm like, did I say that? Because I don't remember saying it. But it is, uh, I believe, the word of God or the spirit of God that takes over and that ministers some truths that you need to get. So for those of us who are already givers or who are extravagant givers, let me tell you, it is not just the information that you are here to get, but you need to open up for a, a supernatural manifestation of whatever God, when he shows up, uh, blesses us. It is impossible for any human being to come into the presence of the creator of the whole universe and to go back the same. I hope you understand what I'm trying to bring it here. Amen. And I want some people to say, I hear you, amen, and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. So the first thing that you need to know, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So the word of God being preached is an information. But it is not just an information. You need to open up for that information to go further than just head knowledge. Because the Bible says that the letter kills, it is only the spirit that brings life. So you need to go beyond the information and get deep into revelation. And the Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, starting from verse 15 to 17, he said, specifically in verse 17, to save time, he said, I pray that God will give unto you, to the Ephesians, and then to each and every one of us, the spirit of revelation and wisdom in his knowledge. So that we might know the hope of his calling. So the word of God that is being preached is not just information for you. It is, or it must be revelation. And revelation expands your faith, stretches you out, makes you to make room in order to grasp and receive the engrafted word of God that is able to change your soul. Are you with me? And the third thing that you need to understand concerning the preaching of the word of God is also that you need to be in a place of getting an impartation. And what I call impartation is that some people will go to church and they'll be so happy about, oh, getting this and that information. Oh, no, I never saw it from that perspective. Some will go even further to say, oh, I had that revelation. That was so powerful. I wasn't expecting that. And they leave it there. They just get information. They get the revelation. And they are excited about it. But God is not just concerned about getting you excited. God is concerned about uh, transforming your life. And the only thing that will transform your life is to open up that the engrafted word of God or the, uh, the, 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 the preaching of the word, as you receive it, uh, you take it on board. And you allow it to work in you. And that impartation is like uh, the, the, the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2, the prophet Ezekiel said, as uh, the word of the Lord came unto me, the spirit entered into me. So don't just receive the revelation, but receive the spirit that is behind the revelation, the word. Because when God spoke in the beginning in the book of Genesis, the Bible says the spirit was moving until God spoke, nothing was created. But the word was taken over 
by the spirit that was already moving. So right now, as I speak, I really want you to be in a place where you think and you know you prepare yourself for an impartation. Just like the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10, when Peter was preaching or was sharing the word to, Phil, uh, to, to, Phil, uh, to Cornelius, sorry, and the Bible says that when Peter was speaking, the spirit came and fell upon Cornelius. And something supernatural happened, and this man gave his life. His whole family was saved. So I hope you are with me. I am here to talk, but I really want you to open up and be in a place of expectancy for an impartation, for a transformation, for a regeneration of your life, of your soul, so that your life will be affected by it. Are you with me? And so for all of these things that you get... I really want to encourage you that uh, there is no benefit to it if you don't do anything with it. For the past, I don't know how many weeks, all this preaching, if there is no corresponding action, then there is no point. And I am afraid many times that is what a lot of Christians do. Not only about this topic of giving, but any topic that is being preached at church, the purpose of that word being preached is for you to act upon it. So every revelation, every word, every information that comes, that has the spirit of God in it, the purpose of that word being preached unto you is that you will do something with it and you will receive the result that comes with it. So today I'm going to even make my life even more difficult in talking about these uh, three points that... Uh, I want to talk about giving generously and extravagantly, give sacrificially, and also give joyfully. And if you remember, in uh, the past uh, couple of weeks, uh, the other uh, uh, pastors uh, spoke about uh, giving, but focused mostly on the tithes. But today, I'm going to go and encourage you to go further than tithes. Because... Tithing is good, but uh, the Lord wants us to go beyond that. So the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, uh, turn your Bible with, uh, with me. In everything I did, I showed you that uh, by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord, Jesus himself, who said, uh, it is more blessed uh, to do what? To give than to receive. So how can you give and how can you give generously? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 11 verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be also refreshed. So in this, we really want to understand that it is about not only giving to the church for the presence of the kingdom of God, the work of God, but it is about being open to be a blessing to the life of someone when God tells you. Amen? And in blessing someone, it is about sowing and reaping. And I know in so many settings, so people have spoken about this in taking advantage on people. But I believe we are speaking from a genuine place, wanting the blessing that is attached to sowing to produce a harvest. Why should we give? Because we follow the example. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He said, imitate me as I myself I imitate Christ. 
So God has shown us the example. God was a generous giver. He gave his only begotten son. He didn't have two. But he sowed that seed in order to get billions of children, including you and I. In order for him to get us, he had to give one. So we need to follow his example. And the reason we give is, one, is to obey him and to emulate or to imitate God. But it's also to create room for a return for us. And we don't have to hide from, from that. What farmer will go to the field, plant a seed, and say, oh, no, I'm not interested. Or actually, I'm selfless. I don't really care. No. You plant your seed, and you expect a harvest, and you need to look after it. It's not like, oh, I give to the church, and I need to be uh, careful. How is the church? No, no, no. You plant your seed in the work of God, and you look up to God for a harvest to come in ways that you never thought about. Are you with me? And the purpose of being generous is to break the power of selfishness of us. Amen? And uh, beside the factor of uh, breaking selfish, of selfishness, uh, the way God wants us to give extravagantly is to be able to emulate, or again, uh, to be conformed to his own example. Again, in the Bible, there are so many stories about uh, extravagant givers. Uh, you remember, I'm sure, or some of you may remember, the story of this woman who had just very little. And there was a collection being made, and she gave her all. That is an extravagant giver. Amen? And someone said, so, uh, 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 giving is not God's way of raising money. It is God's way of raising people into the likeness of his son. Jesus came, never expected anything. He gave himself. And that is a painful gift to make. And when we talk about being extravagant in your giving, one may question what amount will be extravagant. That is relative according to each and every one of us. Nobody can dictate to any, uh, any other person because what looks high for X is nothing for Z. Are you with me? And in the Bible, there are so many examples of uh, people who gave extravagantly. We know about the story of uh, King David who gave uh, uh, an offering for the building of the Temple of Solomon. If it was uh, the money he gave was to be converted today, it will equal to $21 billion. That's what he gave. Solomon gave about a thousand bulls that day. To glorify and honor God. And when we talk about giving, it is, yes, formally or uh, 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 specifically about money, but it, we, it is not limited to money. Amen? And as a consequence of Solomon's gift, the Bible says God came to him and asked him to ask anything that he would do or he give it unto him. When you give from the good heart, from a heart that is pleasing unto God. Let me tell you, you will not uh, be the same. The Lord will always reward you. So it is not about the amount. It is about your heart. It is about what you've got. Let me tell you, so many people will go and uh, uh, be, uh, take uh, a loan to be able to give. You don't do that. You give according to what you have. 
and you giving sacrificially uh, for some of you i will uh, uh, advise that you go and uh, read in the book of okay okay maybe we can read it quickly Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter eight verse one to five. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it for of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For the first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Giving sacrificially is about uh, giving something that will cost you. Most of us, we give out of our excess. But we need to stretch. The church in uh, Macedonia went beyond what they could afford. And in doing so, they did not necessarily receive a reward here on earth in terms of money going back to them, but they were recorded. And up to today, more than 2,000 years after, we are talking about them. What a blessing. What a, 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 a blessing to be able to leave a legacy that people long after you are gone will be talking about you. That is about a, a sacrificial giving. People planning like a, a, a wonderful holiday in Dubai. They will save. They will stop themselves from spending and so on and so forth. Why? Because they want to just put money together. They sacrifice. They don't buy this. They don't, they don't go to restaurants. They don't do all these things because they are saving for that purpose. And I'm no, I know a lot of us, we have sacrificed to do some amazing things, to buy a new car, to do all kinds of things. But today, the point is, uh, what can you sacrifice in giving for the advancement of the kingdom of God? I'm not talking about getting yourself, uh, 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 deprive yourself from the basic necessities or like food or clothing and housing and so on and so forth. But I'm talking about giving uh, that will cost you something. And uh, it leads us to this point uh, about uh, giving uh, joyfully. You see, when you give sacrificially, you give, it costs you. Sometimes uh, it, there will be a battle going inside you. But your obedience will always uh, bring back a return. And uh, alongside that, there is this uh, way about uh, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, uh, which says, uh, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves what? A person who gives what? Cheerfully. Another translation says, uh, God loves those who give uh, joyfully. And let me tell you, giving to the work of God, giving to the life of someone else, it is a privilege. It is an amazing privilege to make a change to bring transformation into the life of either the church of, or that person. And God wants us to do it not grudgingly. If that word exists. 
Well, it, it does, I'm sure. Amen? You need to be uh, thrilled with the fact that you are able or you are called to enable the work of God to move on. Your investment in the kingdom of God is the only one that you make that will impact eternity. So that has to be done with uh, the knowledge that, oh, I'm doing this, but it's going to affect the lives of so many people, and it will come for me for eternity. And I know it says, give joyfully, and a lot of us, we have come to a place, but I have personally come to the understanding that it is not always that I give joyfully. Anyone like me? I know, you guys are so holy, you always give joyfully. You need to lay hands on me then. When you read the Bible in the book of Psalm 126, the Bible says uh, sometimes you, when you give, you give in tears. I have been spoken to, the Lord has spoken to me a couple of times. Sometimes he tells you, go and give this thing. And the day you decide to do it, all of a sudden that thing looks so beautiful. Have you been there before? Like give out this shirt. You haven't been wearing that shirt for a long time. Or that dress for women, isn't it? And God touches you, give it away. And all of a sudden, it looks brand new to you. No, this can go. Maybe a dirty one or a, a ripped one. So it is not easy. It is like you are giving and it's like you want to pull it back. Like there is a hook behind it. No, you guys are too holy. You are not like me. But the good news is that the Bible says even when you give in tears, you reap, or what is the word? You, you, you will harvest or something like that with joy, Psalm 126. So it is not always, because if you say it is only give joyfully, some people will never give because they are never joyful to give. So whether you like it or not, whether sometimes you feel it or not, when God tells you, obedience is better than thank you. The good news is that your giving will be always rewarded. It is not about your, it is, it's not about your motivation. It is about the law that God has put in place. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, give and it shall be given back unto you. That is why I am so against those who say, give and forget it. No, no, I can't forget. I give because God told me. Because in normal terms, I will not give. But I give because God said I should do so. But if I do so, I do not expect my harvest from the person to whom I gave, but I expect it from God. But I, I live in expectancy. God, it is your law, it is your principle, I have given, I am expecting. I'm like a farmer. When I plant, I need to go back and see if the, that uh, uh, seed has started to grow. Are you with me? According to Luke chapter 6, verse 38, whatever you give is going to be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running 
over. Let me tell somebody here, I've tasted it, I've seen it uh, for the past how many years I've been serving God. Uh, let me tell you, I've never seen a giver that is consistent, uh, that is uh, not double-minded, who has gone uh, with uh, a bad report. I've always seen every title, any giver, extravagant giver, it doesn't mean there is no challenge to such people, but always... Since 1994, I resigned from my job to be a pastor full-time until today. I've never seen one person who has been generous, who has been faithful in his tithing, in his giving, that has gone broke. I've never seen. And God is not going to change this time. And I want you to understand that the idea of sowing and reaping is an universal principle with God. And it works in any country, in any environment. Only if you apply it. Not only when you hear it. When you do it, you receive uh, the, the fruit of it. Amen? It's a fundamental king, uh, principle in the kingdom of God. It is called the law of uh, reciprocity. Amen? But at the same time, even though we give and we have this mindset that uh, I'm giving, it is a, a sowing time that I need to reap, we need to make sure that we don't take advantage, we as pastors, and don't push, don't put the pressure on people. We need to let, and as I am doing, I need to let you know that this is a hard thing. It is not a, 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 like a, a gamble. It is not forcing God. It is a spiritual law. Each and every one of us, we are taught to imitate God. We are taught to give. And the reason why God made us to give or told us to give, it is not uh, just for the sake of giving. It is not only just like to support the work of God. I told you earlier, it is not only to church that we give. We give to each other. We give to uh, different places. But we said, in terms of tithing and so on, it has to start with your church, isn't it? We give because it is more blessed to give than to receive. It works out selfishness away from us. It works out uh, greed from us. It focuses our attention on the giver of the gift and not the gift itself. Each and every one of us has to develop a, a grateful uh, uh, heart. And one question that I really want to ask here is, uh, does God really bless givers? We all know absolutely yes. Amen? But the promise that is made about give and it shall be given back unto you, it is not to entice us. It is not to manipulate us. It has to be done freely, without fear, without grief. It has to be done with a clean heart. But the good news is that whenever we obey, God has promised and God has shown it over and over. He will pour out his blessings in such a way that most of us, we have experienced it that there will not be enough room to 
uh, 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 to, 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 to take care of it. And I've seen it. Each and every one of us, most of the time, there is a battle in our hearts when God tells us to give. But we need to yield to the will of the Holy Spirit, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Lord will speak to you about giving something to someone and it is like, this is too much and you bind that voice. You say, Satan, I rebuke you. Have you been there before? Come on, you are looking at me. You see, I said money. You don't talk about money to ch a church. Some people are like, when are you going to finish? <laughs> May I tell you that a generosity is rewarded. God will never let you down. Amen. It is a blessing. It is a joy. It is a privilege to join with God in making his name be glorified. The reason why I give as a child of God is because God has asked me. And when I give and when people know who I am and then they know I'm doing this not because I want to show off but because I want to honor God. And it gives glory to God and it changes lives. Let me tell you very clearly Whenever you give, God is going to bless you. And no power on earth, no power in hell can stop you from receiving. You may not even receive it from the angle that you were expecting, but God will never let you down. I know this for a fact. But this works under some divine principles. The Bible says, uh, as long as the earth remains, the book of uh, Genesis chapter 8 verse uh, uh, 22, sowing and reaping, the law of sowing uh, or the principle of sowing and reaping would never stop. And God doesn't want us only to be uh, in a place of uh, like uh, receivers. He wants us to be sowers in the first place. Amen. And as you sow and as you give, I can tell you that God will always give back. And God wants to change some of us from only takers to also givers. But I want to tell you that as you give, it, it is a cycle. It will come back to you taking again. But it is about your motive being put right. I don't even know at what time I started. There is no clock here. So we can go up to four o'clock. May I take five minutes of your time? Finally, I want you to understand. According to the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, study the book of the law. Amen. And meditate upon it day and night. And observe to do according to all, not some, all things that are said are written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be well. The gospel is about good news. It's about tomorrow you'll be better than today. And that is what God promises. And in that, 
I want you, in terms of uh, the, 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 the aspect of giving, sowing, and reaping, I want you to understand that the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, let me read this to that, uh, uh, maybe, maybe before I read it, I want you to understand that as uh, you meditate upon the word, you speak it, and uh, you act upon it. Like I told you, you need a correspondent action to the information that you get. God will work the miraculous. And so the principle of sowing and reaping is a divine or is a spiritual law. But that principle or the principle of prosperity or the prosperity plan of God is not a promise. It is a covenant. Did you hear me? God is not promising that he's going to bless you if you give. He made a covenant, and he says it in the book of uh, um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. It is God. Who gave the principle? It is God who made uh, beyond a promise this covenant to bless you and I. And so seeding time and harvesting are a principle uh, uh, that are eternal. And it is found, as I quoted earlier in the book of Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Whilst the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall never cease. According to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 28, when God first made Adam and Eve, the first thing that God spoke unto them is that the Bible says he blessed them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. God wants you and I to be fruitful. Have I taken too long? You see, you can never be fruitful without being seedful. You can't reproduce what you haven't planted. And may I say this, because this is not all about money. The first seed that you need to sow that God is interested in is your life. That is the most important. And if you are not afraid to give your life to him, what is money? Are you with me? Your life is much more has much more worth than money. Therefore, if you are able to give your life, the Bible says, and I finish with this, uh, according to the book of John chapter 12, uh, verse 23 to 25, uh, 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 that uh, the seed, when it is planted, except it dies, it cannot grow. What does that mean? You need to give up your life. You need to give out even your money and forget about it. Don't be, you see some people give and they're like, okay, uh, Pastor Matt, what actually are you doing with the money? Uh, um, what is the calculation? How far are we gone? You can't go and sow a seed in the ground and scratch it and take it back. Oh, how is that seed doing in the first place? And come back. It doesn't work. Do your part 
and leave it to the others. Every one of us will be accountable to the one who is up there. Are you with me? Am I preaching good to you? I finish with this. Only God has power to make your seed grow. And any seed that has been planted out of obedience, God will make sure that he produces. Let every one of us be in that place where we understand the greatest gift we can give to God is our lives. And if we can give our lives, money shouldn't be an issue. The Bible says where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. Shall we bow down our heads? Thank you, Jesus. Today, I have shared some few thoughts about sowing and reaping. Maybe you are in this place whilst others are praying and are contemplating how this message can help them change their attitude towards giving. I want to make this appeal to maybe someone who hasn't made that choice yet or who has made it but lives in between because you know very well that even though you go to church, even though you once in a while even give your money and so on and so forth, but your life is not 100% dedicated. Remember John 12 says, except the seed that is planted dies. You are not dead to yourself yet. You are so conscious about you. I really want us to pray right now and make a commitment to God. Some of us, for the first time, you want to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Others will say, Lord, I always have been working with you, but today, give me grace to engage into the covenants of sowing and reaping. Talk to the Lord and make a commitment today. Ask him to come and to take you to another level. Whilst preparing for this, I was personally challenged to do some crazy actions in terms of giving. But as I was challenged, because I cannot stand here and challenge you to go beyond what you do if I do not do it myself. But I know the faith that I use in honoring God, in doing this, I know the Lord is going to reward. So I really want to tell somebody here, just be obedient. Just hand over. Just surrender. You can never outgive God. I was challenged by the testimony of Pastor Robert Morris, how he was uh, told by God to give out their cars, he and the wife, to give out every money that they had in their bank account. 
and on top of that to give out their house. That is ridiculous. But as they obeyed, if some of you have read the book, The Blessed Life, it is written in the, it challenged me. I believe God wants to take us to another level, personally, but also collectively as a church.